0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Dicing with Design. Uh, I'm Grant, and joining me, as always, are Colin Gray. Hello. And Joe Prince. Hello there. All right, we've got a, a highly interesting show uh, <laughs> for you to select. As always, surely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, uh, first, as always, I thought we'd take you through <laughs> Our gaming <laughs> updates and what we've been playing. Uh, so, Joe, would you like to start us off with that?
1: What have we been playing? Um, we've been playing? Most. Mostly, uh, games against you. I think Grant, That's <laughs> the way it's gone recently, um, we played the skirmish game God Slayer at uh, Carronade at the con. I'll have more on that later. Indeed, and um, we played. Stag Quest, my uh, dungeon delve that I'm working on for a stag weekend that apparently we're going to play at some point, so it's got lots of drinking rules. Um, that was quite good fun, and Colin played that as well, so we can uh, have a full update on that later. I um, played Warpack, didn't we? We've got a, a three-player game of Warpacking.
2: Um, yeah, a very and, good and game it's... that was as well, I thought. Especially the
0: Resident <laughs> yes victory victory to colin and, oh spoiler uh, in the end <laughs> <laughs> spoiler i don't know which
2: faction colin was playing no that's true yeah we could just well yeah <laughs> but yeah no it was good fun we should have a good chat about that uh and yeah grant and i played uh, a couple of games of x-wing as well was it a couple yeah it was a couple of games wasn't it grant we swapped around sides
0: yep um we we combined our combined our t- our um starter kits uh, so we had that gives us a total of four Tie Fighters and two X-Wings uh, to fight against each other, which weighed in about sixty points. Yeah, yeah, dead on, wasn't it? Okay, we're a hundred. I think a hundred is the supposed to be the standard game. Uh, so yeah, and I was I was pretty pleased with that. I think uh, Luke Skywalker was definitely the strongest, the strongest um, pilot there. Yeah, <laughs> but it was also twice as expensive as most of mine, wasn't it? Yeah, but once, I think once you have him uh, with R2-D2 on the back, he was regenerating your shields. Yeah, it's pretty hard to kill him. Yeah, and uh, Luke Skywalker is also excellent at dodging. And he obeying. doesn't even need his
1: targeting computer.
0: I'm sorry? He can use the Force. He doesn't even need his targeting computer. He can just use the Force. Absolutely, yeah. He used to bullseye rats in Beggar's Canyon back <laughs> then. Beggar's Canyon? <laughs> I know it's some
2: canyon. It's some canyon. <laughs> <laughs> so is a hundred a hundred points the standard, is that what they talk about?
0: Yep, that's what that's what is played out of tournaments. Yeah. Cause I kind
2: of feel almost it was a bit more balanced with our us splitting up that way. So the first game we played obviously was just the starter kit, so it was just two two TIE fighters against the X Wing. And it just felt so like you said that as well, Joe, that it felt a bit random based more on the dice than anything else. I felt like the more Tie Fighters and the more oh, X Wings, it's a bit more, uh, it's a bit less on the dice and a bit more balanced than the strategy because you've obviously got more that's going on, so that balances out unlucky rolls a wee bit more. So maybe once you get up to a hundred points, it's even less like that and a bit more skill based. Because I still felt like it, Luke Skywalker is just impossible to kill when you've only got a one or two X X Wings because you're uh, sorry Tie Fighters. Because yeah, you only you only hit even with three Tie Fighters, you're only hitting them like once every turn. And he just regenerates that again the next turn. So, yeah, I'd like to play it with 100 points. That'd be good fun. Just a couple of extra special units.
0: I think you need uh, need one, at least one really good um, ship and, and pilot combination and upgrade yeah. uh, with your TIE fires. I think you, yeah. Yeah, uh, I kind of, of spread it out. I, had,
2: yeah. hmm? I was just going to say, I, had, I spread it out. So I had four uh, pretty average ones. Well, three pretty average ones and one decent one but not anything hugely upgraded yeah, yeah. well the,
0: you just don't have the upgrades um well that's true in, in the starter kit I, I think there's one or two you, you have enough to make one semi-decent uh ship yeah um so yeah but you get more upgrades and pilots yeah uh, with with every with every ship you, with every ship you buy yeah yeah and i want to buy boba fett because that ship that ship's cool <laughs> Uh, I think that means I can get the I'm going to get the Millennium Falcon
2: <laughs> well, actually yeah I'm thinking that just because I was playing the, um, the X-Wings first at, ah, I keep saying the wrong way now, the TIE Fighters first last time so I was just thinking of myself as the uh, the Empire <laughs> but, yeah you can get the you can get the Millennium Falcon if you like I'll get the bad guys I'm always the good guys in any other games we play so <laughs> yeah. Cool. usually yeah what was that joke usually yeah yeah, usually, yeah. Uh, Always the good guys. I don't like the ugly guys in Warhammer. <laughs>
0: well,
2: you'll be looking forward to more bretonian soon. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to one of the units getting changed a little bit and another unit getting changed hardly <laughs> any and that'll about do it.
0: <laughs> it's the rumoured next release for Warhammer Fantasy, of course. Um, Shall we go into more detail? Sorry, anything more you want to say about X- X-Wing? Uh,
2: no, that'll do just now. I keep saying we should um, do a proper review of it, but we keep kind of talking about it enough that we're probably doing a, a strung-out review each episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you, you, we want to actually get in some 100-point games with a couple yeah. of options, yeah. you know. Um, right, Joe, do you want to go into more detail about the, um, uh, the Dead's... Oh, goodness, it's too, so many games. So many games. <laughs> so many names. The War Pack... Uh, game, your your own uh, your your own in development uh, fancy war game. Yeah, we had a game with a,
1: a three player game, um, at Grant's place, on, with some very nice terrain out, and we were testing three of the factions that we've developed, uh, two that have been written up by Grant actually, they? and one that's been written up by me. So there was the the Sea Elves taking on uh, the cult of the Prince of Darkness, and um, they were also being attacked by uh, the the Emerald Horde, the Goblinoids of the Emerald Horde. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so,
0: uh, there was a there was a scenario that we didn't quite decide or agree on the rules until we're all almost on the hill that we're trying to take. Yeah, that's something. So here's
2: to... your trying to make excuses.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I I I definitely. Um, got all the benefit of that. The last time we last time we did the same thing and didn't actually fully define our um, our wind conditions until I was almost on them uh, when I took that building that one time uh, in the other game. So um, yeah. I think, yeah, definitely a case we should be writing down our um, or maybe maybe the games designer should have just put it in the rulebook. That's, no, that's it. It totally should be in the rulebook that you have to make
1: really, really concrete um, scenario wind conditions, and you have to be quite specific, because there's edge cases that I don't think about, we just like said, alright, whoever takes that hill, whoever's holding that hill wins at the end but then we kind of said, oh, would, do you have to be closest to the middle, or do you have to have the most models on it or
2: we haven't defined that, we kind of just said closest to the middle, so whoever's on that middle bit gets it I kind of always just assume that. Is that Am I doing that because that's what um the Warhammer rules are for that scenario? Cuz I just assume it's closest to the middle or whoever's over the middle. Uh well
1: Warhammer it's a building so it's whoever's occupying the building. Yeah, uh, okay. On a hill it's slightly different. Yeah. So, if- so
0: okay yeah so that, that's a, a a lesson learned by all of us i think and make sure you know what your terrains do because yeah i just you've you've decided what all the terrain does and, and laid it out as as part of the part of the rules which is really good so there's no guesswork to be done about the terrain and what it does yeah that's what i've been working on clarifying
1: that and just having it a table and then just play testing it as it is and seeing how well it works um and that was yeah because that was just hill, it was quite interesting how it affects the line of sight as well, because it doesn't have true line of sight, so it's like hills are elevated positions and things like that but block line of sight beyond it um, mm-hmm. but it was sense. just yeah, it was just because we were basically running the Watchtower scenario, but we weren't we didn't quite clarify exactly the true wind condition for the hill
0: I'm Saying. Mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I quite liked that we're, we were all in it right up to the end yeah, it was close yeah, definitely, it
1: was close wasn't it? Although you two ganged up on me and slaughtered my paw. <laughs> That's because you were
2: you placed yourself in between us.
0: <laughs> there was some there was some real um you breaks. were both next to each other as well. <laughs>
2: yeah, but I think you put your trolls right on the middle of the hill, didn't you? They Pretty much a march for the hill, yeah. <laughs>
0: It was quite a bit of brinksmanship where I could have marched all my guys right to the middle of the hill, but I was afraid of getting charged by two people. And we're at one point we're literally inching, inching our units towards there because we didn't want to be first, first on there to get attacked. And Cole was brave, (laughs) brave enough to just march onto the very center of the hill and 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 took it. We couldn't get him shifted. Yeah, no, the trolls took it first. Yeah, but they got they got killed. Yeah. Oh, that was it. I think Joe, you had the weakest unit up there, so the, you the could... trolls. Yeah, they were they were doing quite well, but you uh, eventually got slaughtered by your big block of uh, cult warriors, who were in turn. But they that didn't bring them close enough, so uh, Colin just. No. on. Well, it was a it was an almost inadvertent
2: um, piece of good play, which I'm I'm not sure if I'm I meant, i do not think I meant to be honest, which was that. There was one turn to go. The trolls got killed. I got my unit up onto the middle. And then you could have attacked me and probably killed me in a turn. But I had another small unit that I charged you in the side, which basically held you up just enough to finish it.
0: Yeah, in the end, I just couldn't, I just couldn't, didn't have enough attacks. Yeah, it was just, it that. was just one turn short, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was all, it was all on the balance, which was, which made for a great. A great yeah, Um cool. at this stage we're, we're playing activa- activating not unit by unit by section by section. Mm-hmm. Um which is a relatively new development. So uh your armies divide up into um what was it, regular, elite, rare, and your heroes. That's right. Okay. Um now that was to that was. Do you think that is speeding things up? Because I'm not sure of it. Is certainly for small games. I find myself actually spending longer thinking about uh, my decisions when when I've when I have to activate three units a go rather than just the one. Or at least that's that's yeah. my perception. I, I think it does
1: speed it up a bit. I quite liked it. Quite liked that change. But um, yeah. I think it slightly changed what you had to think about because you've got to remember that if you activate that section, you know, your, your regular units, then you have to move all your regular units where some of them might have wanted to hold back. But... Uh, I think on balance it's quicker than just just even when you just say, I've finished and passing to the next player and then they've been passed to the next player. Just because there's less passes mm-hmm. I think it speeds up the game. But... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not... I'm not Sure, but I think I prefer it. I'm probably going to stick with this just for
0: for the sake of big games as well. Oh, absolutely for big games. Well, I think it's uh... and I think
1: it adds something to the list building stage as well because it gives you another kind of motive to have something in every slot mm-hmm. st- instead of like just loading up on rares but not having any
0: elite units or something. So, yeah, because I mean maybe. I mean, we want to get on, but I mean, I think the 40k is going along the line that you don't even have to. They're removing that need to to have off-force uh, organisation sense to
1: at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're going to sell all the all the models that everybody wants to buy. Yeah, <laughs> but you get bon you get bonuses for following the force organisation, having a uh, list that's balanced between your your. Uh, Rarer and and more common uh, uh, unit entries. Um, I'm not exactly sure what because I'm certainly not buying that 50 pound book for a game that's going to be replaced in two years. I, I would then have to buy models for and then change my collection when they when they change the army book within that two year cycle as well. Uh, yeah, I think this is first time since third edition.
1: I'm not going to buy the new 40k as it comes out
0: hmm Right. Um any more about Warpack guys? Congratulations to Colin. Yeah. Oh yes, Colin Con secured victory, didn't you, with the uh, the elves? Uh, Chaos, the yes. the Warriors, Warriors of Shadow. No, hang on, not as I them. It was the Sea Elves. Colin yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. yeah.
1: And the other interesting thing was that he had he had fewer units than everyone else, because before we'd kind of always speculated
2: that you know, you need lots of units on the board for war packs so you would more cards. Colin had less I think he only had four units. it was four in total yeah with two skirmishers yeah. as well so my skirmishers didn't even come on first turn and they were all off doing random things in the corners it's true yeah they were all off ganging up on me indeed my, well you, and, you were so close to the <laughs> edge uh, right yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: No. it was it was something that yeah it's another emergent property of the game that I've got to look out for I've got to remember don't leave you here at the vulnerable ball casters near your back
0: line if yeah. there's People who can infiltrate. Exactly. They'll just get
1: murdered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Completely. It murderized. is. It is really fun having those having those infiltrating units that can come in from the side. Okay. That was uh, in in that in that elf in that elf unit just because they I took lots of sneaky tactics, uh, stealth tactics with that uh, with that army. Cool. And what else were we playing? Uh, stag quest. Oh yeah. Stag- Quest, yeah. Another brand new design from Princess Darkness <laughs> <game>. purpose <laughs> bespoke for the, for a stag weekend. <laughs> it is, isn't it? yeah, bespoke dungeon
1: delve. That's entirely original. Doesn't use anything from any other games.
2: <laughs> <laughs> gov.
1: Apart from the <laughs> tiles and the dice and the stat lines and the apart
0: from, apart from the stat lines and the dials <laughs> and the <laughs> tiles. What have you ever stolen from anyone?
1: <laughs> Featuring, yeah, all German treasure as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. That was good. Yeah, where where did you get that from again, Joe?
1: That's from a German version of uh, the MB Hero Quest game, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which just happened to be a stack of treasure cards. I had, so I thought, yes, these are ideal for a stag quest. When you search a, a tile, you can get one of these. Fair enough.
2: And then there was a bit of competition over searching tiles. Yeah, which is always it's always good to have a bit of a, a crazy treasure grab,
1: especially because you don't realise that you've drawn more monsters in by doing that. Yeah, rush the Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> but that was good fun. I enjoyed it. I, I think I said at the time, I uh, I don't really know HeroQuest enough to know the differences, so I kind of can really comment on what
0: to improve or anything. But uh, no, I, I just it was it, great fun. I found it more dynamic than HeroQuest in that you're always. You're always knocking people back. If they have a special skill, then they dodge aside when they get hit. Whereas um, traditional dungeon bash games leave you standing next to someone. You know, you have models standing next to each other, rolling dice at each other, and being quite static in combat. I did like the fact that there's always a knockback. Yeah, I think um, you said that, Joe, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I've taken that from Blood Bowl so if We're using the Blood Bowl dice as your attack dice and stuff like this. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah, something generally will happen every attack, even if it's just forcing someone back. And then if you get someone forced into a corner, then you, they can't dodge your attacks; so they have to
0: take damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. which is like quite like quite a Dwarf King's Hold because there is a there's a bit of movement in that. Um, I've only played well, you we play with elves anyway because the elves dodge to avoid damage in in that way. Uh yeah, yeah, it was um
1: I haven't played Dwarfkins Hole, but it's the uh, Project Pandora, the rats are the, the same in that the verm what are they call vermin. They yep. yeah, they dodge in the same way. And so that, I that thought that works quite well for uh, the wee guys, the snotlings and the halflings in uh Stag Quest. Um, and the other thing that we to do was because we potentially might have Ten players or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I, did, have... I did wonder about that. It might. Um... Yeah, it
1: might get a bit a bit crazy, but I want to limit the bookkeeping, so I don't have to. I've gotten zero bookkeeping pretty much for mm-hmm. models. Yeah, you're just counting up the wo- just just counting up wounds really. Yeah, they're just getting knocked down or stunned, and then it's only big guys who have multiple wounds anyway. So
0: yeah so you do have to keep going because I found myself sh- um, as a halfling archer shooting at models um, and you were sort of three states are standing there's knocked down when you have somebody uh, on on their down and down in the face and stunned when they're on their back yeah and that um and that that's from Blood Bowl as well. <laughs> yep, that's right. I was, yeah, Absolutely. But and, and only at that point can you do wounds when they're on the back. So you can sort you can knock you can knock a Snotling down five times, but you won't do any damage to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I found that that that's good in a way. You still might want to do that to some of the models that are coming from one coming at you from one direction, uh some of the monsters that are coming at you from one direction, just to um, just to hold them back. Is kind of like laying down sort of suppression fire almost. In fact, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas you're not actually damaging them, while your your better fighters are going off in the other direction and you know knocking things down and, and keeping them down. So I suppose it's not so much knocked down and stunned as sort of pressed and hard pressed. That's right. Although for your halfling, it was more like uh, shooting your allies in the
2: back of the head. Oh, <laughs> Killed from... far more than anything else in the game. <laughs>
0: You killed my pink horror like three times or something. <laughs> yeah, but well, I'm funny. It, it might get a bit, yeah, it, it might get a bit um, lengthy uh, when we're playing with if we if it as the plan goes, we're playing with ten people and um, half of them are non gamers. But uh,
2: what what do you think would happen? Could we have it as? Um, in fact, it probably wouldn't speed it up at all. But I was just thinking, have it as two or three split parties in the dungeon. I actually, would speed uh, it up at all? That, that I wouldn't think, speed uh. it up at all. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I will actually. My thinking was actually to have different GMs. So, like, if you could have them oh, three yeah. split parties in the same map, but actually have different
0: people running it. But part of the aim was to have everyone playing with yeah. Matt, with with Matt the the stag, and, and he's it. going to he's going to he's playing the bard isn't he yeah he's going to be playing the bard and he's going to have to sing on demand <laughs>
1: <laughs> or take a drink <laughs>
0: yeah yes you've integrated <laughs> drinking rules into the game where dice the design does not condone excessive drinking unless it's at a stag do <laughs> well i'm going to be watching myself I may be cheating slightly but uh, some 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 lot lots of people there see me when i've been excessively when i've been excessively drinking and um yes i forgive you for cheating grant yep okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> come on we're all we're all 30 plus these days none of us are going to be uh, over the top <laughs> that's that's a lie because there's loads of us there that haven't been out for like a
0: month because we've all got kids and wives <laughs> so it just changes <laughs> Okay, guys, Um, so that's... Anything more about StagQuest?
1: StagQuest... Oh, I just want to mention I found
2: a use for the Wrath of a Shardlon tiles. Is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my, my one request for it was uh, more traps. More traps and uh, gadgets and things. Yeah, so I'm going to... I had intended to use like the Encounter cards from Wrath of a
0: Shardlon as well because they're just bonkers enough that they'll fit right in. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, as an old uh, kind of an old school slash new school um dungeon bash with all of your oldest models. Um yeah. All of your old, sort of oldest eighties GW models that you picked uh, up.
1: Gimpetor. Uh, Gimp- <laughs> you liked the gimptar, didn't
2: you? <laughs> the Gimpator to anyone listening was a bull with a leather thong on. Uh, and very prominent buttocks. <laughs> Classic 80s miniature. Yeah, and uh, a leather mask. <laughs> Not quite with a ball gag in, but it might as well have. <laughs>
1: it's a miniature of Slaanesh when they
2: used to be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. But yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, that'll be quite fun on, uh, <laughs> when we're all drunk and trying to kill it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just in case for for later on, for, you know, because we've got a cottage for this thing. I've I've bought a couple of games I've been meaning to get as well. Uh, Sorry, uh, anything more about... Is is that us for StagQuest? I think that's us for StagQuest. Stay tuned to hear how well it it actually worked. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've also, like I was going to say for that, I've also ordered a couple of, uh, ordered a couple of, uh, board games. So, uh, um, Hex Hex, we might, we might or might not play but I've been to get these games for ages so I'm uh, getting Hex Hex XL uh, which is a fun sounding kind of um, slightly abstract um, uh, sort of wizard card game uh, there's a lot of grabbing for uh, sticks it reminds me of Spoons although the last time I played Spoons <laughs> was disastrous <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, we won't won't mention Broken Tables.
0: We won't mention Broken Tables. Um, (laughs) And also um, uh, Dice Duel. Sorry, uh, Space Cadets Dice Uh Duel, which is kind of a Star Trek simulator where you're playing opposing teams in a ship, uh, in in different ships, and you're trying to get... You have different departments, so uh, you have engineering trying to roll a certain number on their custom dice uh, to get power to get so you can power the shields. You got weapons trying to load the torpedo tubes. You're trying to work out where, which side of the ship you're putting your shields on. And you got a captain on each ship trying to trying to keep uh keep control of anything. That goes up to eight players. So yeah, if we get the chance to play that, that might be fun. We thought this uh, episode we'd uh, have a bit of an event special because we've got uh, coverage of our trip to. Uh, compulsion uh, last month, and also uh, a trip to carrenade or karnade We'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, but uh, after the break, we'll be talking about uh, compulsion. See you after the break, folks.
1: Fashion
0: Welcome back folks and we're going to talk about uh, now myself and Joe and Con turned up briefly uh, we went to uh, Compulsion in Edinburgh uh, the uh, annual the biggest, the Scotland's biggest uh, gaming convention uh, so Indeed. yeah goes every year at TV at House our old, our old um, student, student union, union. It's, always, it's always good to go back and remember what Damn young fools you were back in. Those remember days. the good times, yeah. <laughs> Which I don't remember much of. <laughs> I remember when the Vulcan Coke went up from forty pence to fifty pence, it was outrage. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> anyway, uh back to <laughs> Reality. Back to games. Yep. Uh and away from reality to games. Uh Uh, so I think I rocked up yeah I rocked up first and went to the miniatures hall now they've not been doing miniatures very long or at least so I haven't traditionally done miniatures at uh, Compulsion it's been uh, well first of all it was really just a a role playing event wasn't it? Yeah I think there's always
1: been like a sideline to some miniature things but yeah it's never been the main event it's always been just kind of in a room somewhere like they'll happen to have a, a tournament of one miniature game or another one a year, but yeah, nothing too regular. And it it does tend more towards role-playing games, that's right. Um, But they had a big uh, room put aside for miniatures this year, and last year they did as well, didn't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, so I was wondering, looking at what's going on, I spoke to uh, Simon from uh, Project Zeke Miniatures, He's uh, working working out of Edinburgh. He's a sculptor, and he just very recently got his first um, uh, sculpts made up. It was all about uh, sort of zombie miniatures uh, to play a, a zombie game out of. Uh, all things zombie is the name of the game, and I'll put a link to where you can get a PDF from the American company that makes that. Makes that uh, uh, makes makes all things zombie. There's many many expansions for it. It's very seems very popular. It has not not something I heard of before. Um, so yeah, used his minis and some some from uh, uh War Games Foundry as well uh, to play this uh, to play this zombie game, which was quite cool. And it's a game that's uh, collaborative and also could even be played solo. Because the bad guys work with it, work through AI, mm. uh, which is quite cool. As the, I, th- I think zombie games in particular are good for collaborative and, uh, and, and solo games. In that, you know, they they should act in a relatively in a relatively um, predictable way. Should zombies, they shouldn't be, you know, they they're 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 coming to suck your brains out, and they'll be going straight for you. Um, well, that that was that was that was fun, and um, yeah. So shout out to Simon, and uh, if you want to check out the minis that he's putting together, he's putting together some uh, terrain as well. Uh, you could check out Project uh, Project seat Miniatures. I'll put the link in the show notes, or at least the name in the show notes, so you can Google it, as I've said before. Then um, ne- then it was lunch, pretty much, wasn't it? Um, oh, got to catch up with the folks from Aberdeen, and uh the kickstarter launching there um well some of the folks I know from aberdeen are involved with uh um Frankenstein's bodies which is a, a card game uh, which which um is based on uh building bodies and uh, a competitively building uh, Frankenstein's monster type um Creations on the table, uh, so uh, ch- the kickstart should still be going for that, so you can check that out. Well, well, um, when this releases, and then what else? Uh, we played some pro wrestling. Yeah, that's the first game that uh,
1: I played after lunch. In fact, I was I was just running it, wasn't it? I Was facilitating it for speed because we just wanted to get a quick game in before uh, the afternoon slot started. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we had. How many people? Was it a four-player game? I believe it was. Yes. So mm-hmm. there was Grant taking on um, Gregor, and then a couple of the guys whose names I've probably going to forget or get wrong now. I think it was Steve and Dan. Is that right? Yeah. Who were playing. Um, so we had Marlon Stardust versus Big Brucey versus Dirk Bigstock versus uh, Dave McTavish
0: for the heavyweight title. I think this game went pretty well as could could be hoped. I think I think that's a pretty um the archetypal pro wrestling game. Uh someone someone someone's getting beat down, then it all uh, as soon as it looks like someone is going to get the pin, it all turns into a mad scramble for a uh, for yeah, to, to to protect that same person.
1: Yeah, that's the way it went, and that was, uh, that was uh, yeah, Brucey, Brucey and Marlon both took a beating, didn't they? I think Gregor, like, taunting everyone in his first turn, didn't make any friends with Marlon <laughs> Stathus, and took, <laughs> took uh, quite a beating for it. But, uh, yeah, in the end, uh, Dirk Bigstock came through and uh, managed to take, did he pin you or did he pin Marlon? I can't remember, Grant. did he pin uh, Brucey or...
0: It might. I think. I think it might be me. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: it might have been me, You'd you would taken a beating. Took a massive remember. beating.
0: Yeah.
1: I think. He, yeah. Came through and pinned you in one. And yeah, that was that was a fun game. It was using people getting into doing the taunts and stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, the referee kind of got knocked out quite early on in the game, didn't he? Someone discarded the DQ card, so there was all sorts of weaponry and run-ins going on.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, of course the DQ card. Yeah disqualification card for uh, it's your only protection against uh, some, (laughs) against a lot of the illegal attacks, uh, which could end the game for whoever's whoever's doing the illegal attack, but when that gets played, you know it's not in anyone's hand and, uh, yeah, it becomes a bit of a free-for-all, yeah. Mm, Okay, and into the afternoon session. So
1: we both had role-playing games in this slot, didn't we, in the Of varying types. So I was running health leather, classic health leather, for a small group. I, for a moment, I didn't think it was going to run because I didn't have enough players signed up. But then, uh, thanks to the, the
0: marvels of the indie game lounge, we were in,
1: um, enough players came along at last minute. So.
2: Um,
0: yeah, we're we in the we're in the hipster role playing room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: What does that mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the... Um, oh, room that they had booked out, I think that Gregor had booked out for the, it was partly for the committee as well wasn't it, but I think they said that we could just have it for a, to run indie games on demand, so in the same slots as the main games track, like just whoever wanted to play an indie game would agree between themselves which are the ones on offer, you know, someone could run someone would play Yeah. Um, or doing a bit of play testing Uh, because Grant you were were play testing um, Dan's game coming out. Yeah. A name? Did it have a name yet that system? I can't
0: remember. I think it's well, his, his website is thosewhoplaygame.com which you can check out uh, the game we played was called Hitler Shark <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <That's>
2: <laughs> right. I could have assumed that when you were talking about a Hitler shark that that had been some kind of crazy thing that a player had come up with but that's
0: actually the theme of the game every time That was the premise <laughs> okay uh, yeah fair enough <laughs> um yeah, so it was a nice uh pretty light system uh the yeah the system's called uh, those who play you can buy the you can buy the rule book it was a, yeah it was nice uh, didn't get too far into the system but it, it worked certain, certainly for just getting, getting through the story he jammed g- it ve- very well and it was uh it was a b movie style uh you know Sharknado. Nonsense um, sort of premise, uh, which uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun with. When we, you know, we we knew that we were going to find. We were told before we started the game, just as you know, you know, when you tune into Sharknado on the Sci-Fi Channel, there's going to be a shark tornado. Uh, we knew there was going to be a Hitler shark. Uh, <laughs> Wait, how can a shark? What, what happened to the shark? At the end of the second world war obviously Hitler's brain had been removed and put into the into the body of a great white shark (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and had uh, it was found off the coast of Israel. (laughs) Uh, So how did this turn out
2: What, what did the Hitler shark end up doing.
0: Well, uh, my, my, I had a horrible idea of taking it alive because clearly it needed to be taken to The Hague for, uh, for, uh, to face war trial um, for, for crimes against humanity. Uh, <laughs> where I think maybe we should have just tried to harpoon it. Uh, and uh, yeah. yes, in the end, Hitler Shark won. He killed us all one by one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you all foolishly walk into the sea?
0: It's Everything seemed completely safe. <laughs> the shark had legs as well. He had bionic legs that he
2: could mount and chase people yeah. about. Or was it like that yeah. other uh, sci-fi channel classic, Ghost Shark? Could he uh, float about <laughs> in an eth- ethereal form?
0: <laughs> well, he wasn't quite alive. He is kind of, yeah, you know, he wasn't ethereal. He was just uh, used, um, uh, I think he was captured by an an American undersea um station the last thing we knew he was loading himself into a torpedo uh bound for into a torpedo tube bound for jerusalem (laughs) (laughs) as i as i died that sounds like an interesting game (laughs) it was fun it was a lot of fun um yeah and then uh that, that that was our that was our Saturday at Compulsion. Um you know, there's, there's other stuff going on at the time. These uh Black Line games have a uh a stall upstairs. You can buy your your sort of LARPing uh equipment, all the rubber swords that I keep staring at and thinking, where would I put that?
1: <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> what? But that sounds very wrong you're just saying you're staring at rubber rubber weapons and considering where you'd put them <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah anyway, anyway. and uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the bringing by sale I should have taken one of my copies of Dread um, Dreadfleet along to that I come to, come to think of it oh, I should have given uh,
2: you one of my uh, my hobbits
0: <laughs> he's got the <laughs> hobbit
2: box yeah I'm an idiot Cool Terrain, though, you could use that for some reason. Yeah,
0: actually, I'm going to use it for something useful at some point. <laughs> and uh, we'll use the models for Warpack. And, yes. Uh, yeah, any, any other highlights for you, Joe? There's a big g- g- board game area we didn't actually use this year. Um, there's sort of, uh, you know, pick up pick up and play. Um, no, pick just uh, the uh, helpful
1: other game on Saturday went went well. I'll do a, a section talk about both Hellfalevers, because that was a classic health leather, um deal with a devil, biker, betrayed by the rest of his gang.
0: Okay, right, um, so maybe we'll just, uh, should we just talk about, I'll just... Uh, be selfish and talk about my dread ball, and then then, then go back to you <laughs> and do the do do the hell for leather. Okay, we'll do the dread ball first. Okay, we'll, we'll <laughs> get it out of the way. We'll get it out of the way for you because uh, Joe, I believe, played uh, that weekend. We came back to back to mine in Perth, and uh, after we uh, after had dinner, uh, I knew I was wanting to play in the dread ball tournament the next day. Uh, Mantic Games, uh, future sport, future violent sports. Uh, miniatures board game, uh, hex-based. Um, so, uh, knowing I had a tournament the next day, I played pretty hard against Joe, and uh, uh, how, how did you find the game, Joe, on Saturday night at mine? On Saturday night, I
1: found it quite frustrating, as the Vermlings got crushed. What are they, called? Are they called vermin? Vermin. What call called They call Vermin. Vermin, space rats with a Y in it. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's just the th- the thing about Dreadball. I was playing that game, I was kind of thinking, how how do you actually strategize in Dreadball? How do you try and defend or stop the other person? Because you, you, it seems like one model can just do so much in one turn that you can't really stop them if they roll well.
0: Yeah, if they if you roll well, you can you can do anything. I suppose the the more crazy stuff becomes sort of vanishing. The the possibilities, you know, the probability you are kind of vanishing that they'll do all of that in one turn. Um, get you know, you can move great distance, but only one player, and then you can't defend because you've moved that one player. And getting someone into a
1: that one player can usually score in one turn, though, so it doesn't really matter. One player runs up, gets the ball, if you roll. Reasonably, you get a free turn for picking up the ball, and then you can take an extra turn. And then, if you've got a card, you might even be able to take another turn and score. And
0: none you of you probably players... play will take. You probably will take three. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're kind of it's kind of basketballish, where you're kind of expecting to score. But it, it, you should be making it, it. It is reasonable to make it harder for your opponent to score if you place if you do place defense. And I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong here. It is quite. It is quite a wacky game, um, and uh, yeah, I think Sunday's game was even wackier. <laughs>
1: it was yeah, wackiness personified. So I I don't know if, if just maybe the vermin are a bit underpowered because it seemed like they, they. I never liked them on paper. Pick up things that like they struggle to pick up the ball, and and the and they'd like the codified team roles as well. I don't really like that. Like, you know, only guards can hit people and. If you're if you're a striker, you can't you can't strike anyone,
0: and if you're a guard, you can't pick up the ball. Strikes are what they call the goals.
1: Yeah, yeah, the terminology is annoying as well. Well,
0: strikers, strikers in football is where it comes from. The that term, is striker in football is the guy who tries to score. Yeah, but you don't have
1: physic- you don't physically strike each other in football.
0: I I know what you mean, Joe. Actually, I quite I quite, I do
2: quite enjoy red ball, but. It is, yeah. I I've played the Vermil Vermlings, whatever you want to call them, uh, a few times, and they've just always seemed a bit, um, yeah, totally underpowered, but fast, Except so you can get up there. Game. But you just can never score. See, they. I think I find that the Vermlings can't score because they can run up, they can get in position where they can score, but then they try and throw it and they always miss, <laughs> which is annoying. Yeah,
0: I think, I think the tactic is. I think the tactic is to make them run deep into the into the opponent's half to get the bigger scores. So oh, yeah.
1: they'll
0: miss. He, they'll, they'll miss a certain percentage of the time, but they'll they'll get there, and they should score. Yeah, <laughs> well, Colin's saying not say they're underpowered, but he did he did beat me in two turns. <laughs> well, yeah, but
2: uh, yeah, yeah, because they Which can run so fast, so they can get up there and get f- quickly, and if they're lucky with their rolls, they do well. But I think yeah, Joe's point on. The it's really hard to defend is good because the yeah the, the kind of the sphere of influence I guess is that what you want to call it like where you can affect is quite small it's only one square so you can run around folk quite easily and you can basically the only way to defend in any kind of effective way I think is to put your put a defender in the strike zone or whatever it's called um, in a particular place where it blocks as many squares as possible but then you just have to leave them there and they can't really do very much. But saying that, I do really enjoy the game because I do quite like the fact it's fast and there is a lot of scoring. Like you say, it's kind of like basketball, I suppose. That's what happens, isn't it? You generally do score, but it's interesting. I don't know.
0: Okay, well, we went then... So Sunday morning we turned up and uh, um, there weren't quite enough players in the end to have a a full tournament where people were playing one-on-one. So we played the even wackier version of uh, uh dreadball, which is dreadball now I've got to get it straight. Dreadball Ultimate okay. Uh which was um you know uh six well up to eight play you have up to eight teams on, on the board at one time. What did we have six? Six. And uh Joe kindly Joe kindly made up the numbers. Uh <laughs>
1: <briefly>.
0: <laughs> very, very kind in the end. Uh and uh yeah it's You can lose points for having... Because there's scoring zones inside your bit of the field and you get more points. You get points taken off you if you concede points and you get more points from getting the scoring zones that are further away from you. And it's all a bit zany, obviously, with six small teams on the the pitch. Um... but uh, this game, well, I'd say it's still a high degree of skill needed to win because I won. <laughs> it's it's a bit at that point. We're t- we're talking about multiplayer games with, with huge numbers of players. It's all about the meta in the end. Um, and I sort of we
1: say that, but both the human teams seemed a lot stronger than most of the other teams.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I yeah, there
1: two, two human teams. And they were doing the best pretty much throughout the, the whole game, and then you won with the yeah. human teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's... I mean, it was really just designed so that if you have a few players getting together to play Dreadball, you didn't have to yeah. play individual games. You could just all play. Um, I, I don't think it was really... I don't think the the point was to balance it out or anything. And, you know, I won it, and I now... <laughs> I won the game, and I now have the opportunity to go to Nottingham and compete in the uh, national finals <laughs> of Dreadball. They do. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you have to go. No, you said that. I'm
1: glad that you won, Grant. I wanted you to win. Um but I didn't want to make it too easy. For you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was um yeah. Well in the end I think um Simon, uh who uh who's the tournament organizer who, who was playing but couldn't rank um because he uh yeah um because he was the TO uh he was kind of you know telling people how you know they really had to game me cuz i was i was about to make it game over by winning you know if you, if you score 7 points you win the game and that's a game over uh in in this version of the game so uh you know he wanted to keep the game going and um I was telling people to you know score against me but i think everyone kind of got in each other's way in the end and they couldn't score but so because they are crowding around my zones to try and score against me and p- take my points down um uh they were they were leaving space elsewhere and I just kept scoring elsewhere. <laughs> Seemed to be the thing. Anyway, well thanks to Simon for uh and, and my opponents if you're listening for the game. And uh yes. I am awesome. <laughs> in conclusion. <laughs> and um Joe won't be playing Dreadball anymore.
2: <laughs> Do you prefer oh, just... uh, uh Blood Bowl, Joe? Yeah, Blood Bowl
1: is far but that's the biggest problem with Dreadball. Really? It's not such a bad game in itself, it's just that you could be playing Blood Bowl, and Blood Bowl's <laughs> a great game.
0: Yeah. But in about, it takes about half the time. It does take a bit longer, yeah. yeah. Blood
1: Bowl does take a bit longer. But I just think there's, there's so much more strategy, and the teams feel more different in Blood Bowl, and yeah, there's still balance issues there, but it's kind of up front with the balance issues, except like, you know, a Goblin team is not as good as a high-off team. Mm-hmm. You, know, you play them if you want a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, how did you get on with, um... What the heck were you playing? Hell for Leather. Hell Hell number four, Leather. (laughs) That's the one.
1: So, this is my tarot-based revenge game. Um, I got to play the classic version on Saturday. I ran a game of that, which is the tale of a wronged outlaw biker who's been betrayed by his gang. And... Um, it's a game that we were playing. I was playing with Cat, um, Travis and John and Cat um, ended up playing the uh, the wronged biker who gave him the name of, of Knife and he'd been, been taken out by a mysterious explosion. Had been a bomb left on his bike as he was riding back from one mission. Um, so that meant that she was in charge of the death card and deciding which of the gang members who would get marked for death each scene. Um, and it, it worked well. We did a bit of brainstorming before we started just to get an idea of who the characters were. And uh, yeah, it played out really well and was pretty pretty bloody and gruesome in the end. Um, I think quite a few of the members of the gang actually survived, but there's quite a few that uh, Knife was willing to let go at the end. And then on oh, in the final scene, like the two brothers, um, the Emperor and the Hermit, who'd been Playing off each other, um, they yeah both both met their ends, both met death in the attack from all the other all the other bike gangs in the area that they that they uh,
0: declared war on. So that was cool. That went well. So did you find that? Um. Uh. The. What am I saying? In in the story that the the. the so who's the protagonist in that? The the fool, the the rider. Yeah. yeah. Um Do you find that they wind up quite liking some of the characters and not minding that they 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 had their part in their death? Um, yeah. Kind. Of, there was one uh, the the preacher that
1: who we just called Padre, who was like the mechanic or something. Who um, yeah. In the end basically, Knife didn't target him, let him go, even though he'd kind of, like, confessed that, you know, pressure put on him, but he'd been the one who'd, like, rigged the bomb that had been put on the bike and killed off Knife. But uh, it was more about the... uh, the drama between the the two older brothers who were vying for control of the gang and the fallout that came from that. And then Mm -hmm. there was, like, this this side storyline of... um, Knife had had a, a kid with a girl from who was like one of the rival gang members and stuff. Um, so it was about protecting them, and you know only the characters who who threatened them overtly got got killed really quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I found. Sometimes you you wind up with your sort of the few the when I've played it before is you sort of find that some of them though they're not supposed to be that sort of sympathetic do sometimes turn out to be you you know, you definitely have your targets the ones you think are guilty and you want to get killed. Yeah. yeah.
1: And cuz I was playing, playing a character as well, I was like grabbing guilt boons whenever I could. So I was like just incriminating my own characters and like having, and at the, same, at the same time like implicating other people as well in in what my character was saying and stuff. So mm-hmm. then could they could try and deny it. So it's quite interesting that way because there's there's um the way that the story unfolds and who has authority. Like anyone can say anything in a scene, um, or narrate anything into a scene, and then if the other players challenge it, then you go to the cards to get the player to resolve it to see whether it happens that way or not. But in terms of dialogue, you know, any character can say, your characters can say anything, so you can totally try and set up someone else's character through what you're saying, and then mm-hmm. even if they try and deny it, it's put out there and stuff. So that's
0: quite fun. <laughs> Cool. How about, how about Sunday's game then? You said there was a bit of a departure. So Sunday's game,
1: yeah, I wanted to run um, a different version that I kind of wrote up ages ago and I'd never got around to actually playing or playtesting, so it was kind of a playtest where it was your classic zombie outbreak scenario. So instead of them running from a vengeful biker, they were all Trying to um, trying to survive this zombie attack, zombie outbreak, and uh, the genre we went for there was superheroes. We used a superhero tarot deck, so it was quite good. We had like the old has been superhero Bob Bob Powers, who um, was trying to get his superpowers back, and so had injected himself with this uh, weird formula. Um, and his was, strength was coming back, though, and so all the all the guys at, at Muscle Beach, um, it were set in California, were, were wanting to know what he was on and stuff. So he's sharing out this formula and giving <laughs> <laughs> obviously it was all part of Stevel, the evil one, whose plot had returned. <laughs> and it was the, the serum was to try and uh, strip superpowers from the super um, individuals, but if it was applied to normal humans, we'd turn them into brain-devouring zombies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was good. We had a, a zombie outbreak in, in California, and they were all playing members of the premier super team. So we like brainstormed who, were, who they were before as well, and that does help. I think that, that helps to get an idea of who the characters are at the start of the game, because um, you might be playing different characters in different scenes, and just when you get dealt the cards, you've got an idea of who they are.
0: So, yeah absolutely I think it's something when I've played um um sort of narrative games especially before uh, I've not spent enough time thinking about or or yeah like say brainstorming uh well what you know put, put a framework in place uh, together at the start
1: yeah I mean you don't need a lot you only need like maybe three things or three sentences per character and then that's enough to to riff off and get you going um. So we had like the the leader of the superhero gang was just called uh, the admiral and stuff, and he was like yeah, proper red, white, and blue, do the right thing. Um, superhero had powers to uh, calm people's emotions and pers- powers of persuasion and stuff. So um, just as an example, and then there was the the young the young protégé, the young rookie who had you know, incredible potential power level, but wasn't really sure how to use it and was feeling uncomfortable didn't really want to be a superhero and didn't really want to be in the spotlight and stuff. so um it worked pretty well though it was interesting that in that version because the death card is um just dealt out so someone different gets it every scene or potentially someone different gets it every scene but it kind of um at least in the first few scenes they were slower to use it than you probably would have been in the the classic revenge hell for leather uh, so, it was a while before anyone actually got munched by the zombies, I think. And I kind of put a bit of pressure for that to happen in the end. Thankfully, yeah. I, I was playing Bob, like Bob had survived the initial encounter, and then but he just like went back out to kind of try and prove himself by wrestling a load of zombies or something. <laughs> <laughs> How not oh, to take God. on the zombie horde. <laughs> was like, well, the rest of them were, like, were faffing about and not being super heroic enough. I'm gonna do
0: <laughs> I've gotta put this right, but yeah, he got munched <laughs> <laughs> um cool, so what, what was the outcome in the end um in the end, well, it all transpired to be a
1: plot by um uh, the magician who was um doc doc zero, who had like power over technology he was an alien and he had power over technology machines and could merge with them and stuff and he was in league with Stevell or Steven as he's sometimes known, the evil nemesis who'd unleashed a uh, zombie Armageddon. Uh, and he managed to take out a couple of other members of the team. The uh, the monk Kai, like arrogant um ninja dude, he got blown up uh, in the escape jet. And stuff and um, who else died? And just yeah, just like in the, the final scene, I think when uh, yeah, the admiral gave his life to like give uh, Mr. Um, Korpjay enough time to to use the relic and uh, banish the zombies. So yeah, the admiral died in the final scene as well, and uh, Doctor Zero got away with it, but. Uh, didn't have his revenge, so but he got imprisoned. No, he didn't get killed, but they did. They did take him captive, imprisoned him in a, a new superhero facility, like a prison made entirely of like reinforced glass. Yeah. It. like a, a half-mile exclusion radius where you're not allowed any machinery, or any <laughs> technology <laughs> within that. I so. that was that was quite good. Yeah, they overcame the the zombie apocalypse, managed to to vanquish it, and. But they didn't manage to take down Stephen, who's out there somewhere, still plotting. <laughs> <laughs> nice one.
0: Cool, and um, is that is that where you went? Because there's more stuff going on after uh, compulsion, but... Um...
1: Uh, yeah, I'd, I had a, qu- a quick chat with a few people after that, but then I had, to, I
0: had to hurry to get my train so I could get home in time. Okay, yeah. we keep we keep saying this, but I'm sure next let's do it proper next year because we're kind of in and out a lot. Uh, let's get somewhere for the Saturday night and uh, book yeah. some accommodation in advance. Be organised. Yeah, me. it kind of yes. all crept up, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And let's not have uh, our wife's um, friend's thirtieth birthday party on the same weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: that'd be useful. <laughs> But yeah, next time, next time.
0: Okay, yeah, and like we said, nearly enough dice, I'm sure we'll have uh, lots of uh, recorded content there, and maybe next year as well I'll, I'll find them and, and say hello, because I do like their podcast. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, so, um, that's us for compulsion.
1: That's Alright,
0: folks, we're back, and, uh, we thought uh, Joe and I would share with you our experience of going to the Wargame show in Falkirk. And first of all, thought we'd uh, maybe cover the controversy of what, how it's actually pronounced.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Carnade, Caronade. 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 <laughs> I think I'm plumping for um, Caronade. No, Caronade. Caronade.
2: Caronade sounds better. It sounds like someone you drink. Yeah. But it is, is, is it, it it
1: it's named after um, uh, a, sh- a nautical cannon, isn't it? I think a relatively small bore cannon that was manufactured in, in the area. It was the River Caron, isn't it? That's like. Uh, right. so it's yeah, so the Caronade was like the, the cannon that was manufactured um, there. It might have be been like in Grangemouth or somewhere. it was. It was built. It's oh, a, sh-
2: a short smoothbore cast iron cannon used by the Royal Navy. Such a font of knowledge. I well, you know, just yeah. bringing out my uh, old history knowledge from school. Who is that? Next, uh, Jimmy Wikipedia. No, no, no. <laughs> I did, did you know that they had a very low muzzle velocity?
1: There's rumours about the muzzle velocity, but I'd, no one had confirmed them mm. until
0: now. Yes. A
2: very niche role in warships, indeed.
0: Right, let's get back on track, guys. Uh, so <laughs> right, these days it's a wargaming show, right? Um, okay. Run cool. by Falkirk, is it Falkirk and District Wargame Society? I think something like that. Call you, you can look it up on. <laughs> yeah, on
1: Wikipedia, great no. ...friends no. of the internet.
0: <laughs> um, and yeah, it's at uh it Graham High School, in Falkirk, on on Saturday. And
2: York District Wargamers Club.
0: I was getting the impression it was pretty big when I couldn't park in the school. It was all the parking spaces were taken and I had to park off down the road somewhere. Um yeah. and then we arrived and the hallway you pay to get in for a modest fee. You get in, there's there's stuff going on in the corridor. Uh, there's a demonstration game and and sellers. I bought. Uh, I, I extended my collection of uh fighting fantasy books. I think you guys can see on uh, the, the Hangout. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the green spines growing in my uh, on my uh, bookcase as my old collection of uh, old fighting fantasy books uh, increases. And then you get to the the hall, as I thought of it at the time. And it's huge, it's a big school hall, with demo games, um, participation games, and lots of vendors um, selling stuff for your, for your war games. Yeah, they had what, was it five halls in total? that they had. Oh, five yeah, that was areas. it. Yeah. yeah, because we, there's the big hall, which was not a heck of a lot smaller than the war game show I went to before, which was in Kelvin, Kelvin Grove Hall? Is yeah, Kelvin Grove Museum, yeah. Yeah, no, across in the museum the 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 hall, oh okay, like near where the old old transport museum was yeah, yeah, and um, I thought that was pretty big, and this was well, getting there, and then there was a hall upstairs with the bring and by, yeah, it was
1: huge, and it was all busy, and there was uh, loads of really impressive looking war games, set, wasn't there, for all all scales and all the genres, mostly historical I suppose uh-huh leaning that way, stuff. but it was great to just uh, see that many different models and I had no idea there's that many different war games out there.
0: Yeah, and certainly people people playing as well, because it was uh, certainly well attended. There's been hundreds of folks, and we're talking about how, uh, were we talking about um, Compulsion as being you know, the biggest gaming event in Scotland or something? Well. I don't think uh, compulsion could really compare with the attendance of this of this thing. But for a short time, it went from ten o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon, and that's your lot. So it was pretty intense, I think. That's right. Yeah,
1: there wasn't it wasn't really that much time to get to get in that many war games. You know, most war games yeah.
0: take quite a while. Um, so that's it. I mean, I think. We sort of took the decision to get sort of look around every, everything quick, which turned into sort of drooling over everything in the shelves. And then uh, went upstairs to the bring and buy sale. And then it was, you know, then we found the other room upstairs, which was, I think, where most of the sci fi fantasy stuff was next to the Sixes to Hit stall. And then it was lunch. <laughs> you know? And we, yeah. yeah. Um,. So to find lunch, we had to go into the other hall, and lo and behold, another large uh, school sports hall filled with petition participation games and the uh, Enders. It was some, um, yeah. At that point, we could kind of realize this is this is this is crazy huge. Indeed, yeah. We could have spent a spent a lot of money
1: there, and um, oh, who was the 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 guy that you got the miniatures off? In the end, who had his his own range of oh, i like, uh, yes. got
0: that right here. I was going to forget him. Um, Attica Games. because okay. uh, he's he's local, isn't he? Was he based in Glasgow or something? Like Glasgow, that? yeah, uh, Glasgow Southside. Uh, so you can find it on as AtticaGames.co.uk. And there's some I picked up some uh, models which are my uh, which look really useful. They're kind of semi possessor. Uh, sort of engineers in in various degrees of being possessed by by um, aliens. Um, there's, there's some very cool sort of modern slash future um, sci-fi models. Look really nice. Uh, so definitely worth checking out. It's Attica, Attica. That's a double T. I'll put in the show notes the name of it. And you can find him. He's on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, but as well impressed what he had. Um and yeah, picked up picked up all the stuff. Um, picked up a couple of hills because you see the stuff online, but if you're looking at terrain and things like that, it's difficult to see sometimes. You know, the gig for scale, what things are what things are like. You want to be able to tu- you know, reach out and touch it. <laughs> <laughs> feel the thickness. Feel the quality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've got well, a grass map for a felt grass map for my um for war games, which so now we're not playing on on bare MDF with curry stains on it. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> we play war games around at mine. And uh, a couple of hills, and my goodness, I could have spent more. You nearly had me buying a hundred pound dark eldar. <laughs> that, was
1: a bargain. that was a bargain that army you should have oh you should have gone first yeah no, I, I could
0: have spent a lot of money there it's good job but i I didn't have that much money at that point <laughs> i didn't take much cash because otherwise i could have spent several hundred pounds and i wound up spending about like 50 so i got out, got out i'm more like um, told the, like... the little things
2: you guys seem to come home with like the tokens you know the little counters mm, yeah they were pretty cool little about that, laser yeah. cut laser cut um basically count yeah they're just counters as in not just well, a dials. counter but yeah dials that's what i'm trying to say yes exactly
0: things that count yeah, so, for you <laughs> yeah laser cut mdf um with a dial that goes from 1 to 12 on it uh so if you want to bring a bit of uh, a bit of fantasy flight style uh dials into into your game then you can so we've been, we've been using those as wound counters for um yeah. You see all little bits and pieces like this you wouldn't even consider getting. Um you wouldn't even think to get, but you see it there and you want it. It's really nice. <laughs> now we played one game in the end, because that's basically what we had time for. Yeah, it was. And we didn't we didn't get to play the
1: Pacific Rim um giant monster game that was going on just behind it, wasn't it? Where they their dad just brought toys in, hadn't they? They had like Godzilla toys and
0: robot I think Robot they were something. just about all uh official Pacific Rim toys. Pacific Rim toys. <laughs> Play, yeah. played on a seaboard. It looked pretty yeah. impressive. I and mean, they must that have been totally like different. those must be expensive toys well, They looked like um, you know, McFarlane, uh Todd yeah. McFarlane toys, like the really expensive ones. Um Yeah, so we played a game of uh God Slayer. Godslayer.
1: Which is a fantasy skirmish game, isn't it? And it's um Heroic twenty-eight mil scale, I think, or possibly thirty. Oh, I think the Might like thirty-five.
0: No, thirty-five. Uh, they were think that big. Pretty big, yeah. If, if Warhammer was twenty-eight or thirty, then this was like um, um, thirty-five mil. Pretty impressive-looking models. All metal. All
1: metal. Yeah, they were they're nice models, weren't they? I think mean, that's because you were playing the the beastie guys. They were huge. The humans weren't. With, oh yeah. I yeah. don't know. No, it probably is thirty-two mil scale. Anyway, they were nice, satisfying models. The ones you, you probably could mix them in with
0: Warhammer stuff; they wouldn't look too different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how was how was the game? We had uh, we picked our factions because uh, it was Duncan was his name from um, he was from uh, Sterling Wargamers, Gamers running demo games of that. Um, I think so. Can't quite remember. Yeah, because he was uh, yeah it was Sterling Wargamers, because he was. Um, he had flyers for uh, the the shop, Ground Games, which is an awesome looking shop uh, with a really cool gaming area.
1: That's good. Yeah, he had his, his daughter was helping out as well, wasn't she?
0: Bless oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So we um and we got cards and little chits with our with our force. Uh, we we played a game against each other. Yeah, and,
1: um, we did, didn't we? So you you took the, what was, can you remember what your faction was called?
0: Th- they were like beastmen, anyway. They were like it? beastmen, yep. Uh, <laughs> with one, uh, with a uh, monster called an ursapine, which was a bear porcupine monster, beast. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. That, was, that looked really good, that model. Uh-huh. Whereas you took on the the Haladines or something like that, they were like, Mar- uh, the they're like Martins. They are called the Martins are basically like the Romans
1: of the fantasy world, aren't they? Uh, I, think, yes. I think they use necromancy, even though I didn't have any spellcasters in that game. But I was flicking through the background book. I think that's the thing. They're, they're Roman
0: necromancers. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So we had a couple of units, and and you had a you had this uh, sort of ballista type thing as well. Yeah. Scorpio. So yeah, again, just like the Roman legions and stuff.
1: So that was the was the big difference, wasn't it, in the force and to be honest, mm-hmm. that was that was pretty awesome, that um blister. Did a lot of damage to your uh on rushing beastie dudes, didn't it?
0: Yeah, I sort of hid my general and my monster around the back of a hut and let my what I was thinking of as my mooks uh, sort of take the damage as they ran across. It was quite cool. Again, talk about dynamic games. If you get shot by a ballista, you get knocked back a couple inches. And you get yeah. slammed back against against stuff as well, which is quite cool.
2: That makes a lot more sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's nice, that. It's nice. If you're playing with a, with a miniatures game, you want to see... Attacks have a sort of physical effect rather than just on a you know county up wounds or or something
2: like that. Yeah, quite cool. Quite cool to see units like if a massive unit got attacked by a um, a trebuchet or something, if that unit had to split in half because it was scattered so much by a huge,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, which at this scale you can do um, because you know you're talking about a couple of units, yeah, you've only got what. Seven or so
1: models on the board, haven't you? So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the the the, the. Yeah. did well pinning down the the Unrushing skin and then you had your scary general and the the Ur-supine thing sneaking around. But uh, fortunately, the Earthspine thing didn't didn't actually turn out to be that good, did it? <laughs> it's not as not it's, as good as I hoped it. I thought it would get. No, in. it
0: actually. looks really intimidating, but it, it actually didn't do much damage. The... Mm-hmm. It's more. It's more of a, a maybe. Maybe could have said. Maybe it was more the tough thing that I should have used to draw the fire uh, of of your of your bolt thrower. But hey, I was just experimenting, seeing what the rules. Yeah, of the the game like.
1: to, we didn't really have a clue what we were doing. Do. We were just playing the, the first rules of the game, and then uh, um, like I charge your. Charged my guys at General, and they was like, "Yeah, do you want to throw your pilums at him." I was like, "Oh yes, yes, I do want to do that. That sounds great." <laughs> um, but the the big thing for me, it seemed like armor was really important. Like I think that's why my um, faction did better. They seemed more powerful. Like their guys all had really good armor ratings. Even like yeah. the movies had pretty decent armor. So you had to roll quite high
0: just to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's the first time I've it's the first time I've played with um a war game with cards like that where you're crossing off wound boxes. So almost like mini your cards are like mini character sheets. Mm, which but, I, uh, I quite
1: War Machine Todds uses that as well. Uh-huh. Yep. I was gonna say, yeah, you found that quite uh, quite interesting to have. It's it's good to have the extra information there, but I'm not sure about the extra kind of bookkeeping that, that you need for that. Because there was quite a lot of stuff, wasn't there? You had a lot of chips to move about and things to tick off on boxes as well. And yeah, those
0: are like action uh, tokens, weren't they? Yeah. You use a lot at once to get the jump on someone, but then you're as usual with an um, alternating. Was it Was alternating activation? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was alternating, but with um,
1: the first person I only got to move one unit, and then after that it was two. So it kind of balanced out
0: first move mm-hmm. quite nicely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. A um, what, what The one thing that might might put me off ever playing it again is you have you have guess ranges in it, which I do not <laughs> like at all. It's like my my I paid for a I paid points for a model that knows how to fight and knows how to shoot and can judge ranges. Why am I having to do it? <laughs> <laughs> See, I was gonna. I.
2: I wasn't sure whether I missed that or not from the last Warhammer edition, because I thought it was quite a nice little way of actually putting some kind of skill in there, like actual personal skill, as opposed to just just yeah, how your army fights or the luck. But yeah, I know it is a
0: bit. But you don't do you never did it for archers, I suppose. No, I just don't like it. Quite Fair fact, me- Measuring all your pieces of terrain to know how long they are to judge against you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they wind up doing weird things where you you're measuring a distance for one thing earlier in the earlier in the in the turn. Yeah, so you can actually get the the distance. Uh, yeah. There's, there is an element of that. I do quite I did quite like the older
1: guess range rules for for artillery and stuff, but I think it's probably balance better designed to just let anyone measure whenever they want because then you you take out all you know all the. Sneaky cheating or the outright cheating or the measuring beforehand that goes on because it's okay. So yeah, there's not you know there's no temptation to do it. You can just measure and it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was it. Was fun though, and uh, good. To, good to try out another game. Some fantastic, well well painted models and. Uh, Really cool really cool scenery as well. has worked out, he's, he made these uh, rocks from bark, which are quite funky. Yeah, they were good. They were good. Yeah, bark chippings, weren't they, that he used and just painted them Looks like it, yeah. Yeah. Alright, and that was. Is that, is that a Caranad experience? I could certainly recommend it, but I think next time I go, or next time I go to one of these war game shows, I think a bit more focus is, is required to actually. Uh, it's it's hard because it, it was not it
1: wasn't easy to just pick up games was it that's the one one thing that's was a little bit mm-hmm. um, a little bit more disappointing but it was the people there was a lot of participation games on on the program but mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't really people kind of roping you into games or engaging with you as
0: you moved around to say do you want to play this mm-hmm. well I mean I mean we were at one point but I mean we're just off to Dinner sort of thing. We're just off to lunch kind of thing. It was and hadn't had look around everything yet. But I think I might yeah. have to that was the only guy all day, wasn't it? I think that
1: like we yeah. just went around for ages to play God's and didn't we? We waited for we waited for about forty minutes or so for the
0: previous game to finish. Yeah, judging five it's like, oh there's only a few units left. That's all the units they started with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe may next time maybe a, 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 a sp- a polite question of of how how long you think it's going to be, so you can actually come back. Uh, yeah. So I think I know a bit more, bit better now how to how to work a war wargames show uh, like that. And then some of those vendors come came I think they're at this every weekend, sort of coming from the north of England to you know central Scotland, mm. stuff like that yeah. to set up, set up the stall and then pack away and go home again. Yeah, it's quite a long long drive up from uh, Lancashire and places. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe a future uh, testing ground for... Uh, Warpack, certainly. Warpac. Certainly yeah,
1: next year I would definitely try and get in, in touch with the, with the organisers and try to get a table just to get some Warpack going and see if I get some people interested in playing and just uh, showing them the rules and that. Mm-hmm.
2: Were you allowed to just turn up with your own stuff and have a bit of a car boot sale? Uh, you, yeah, you, you
1: were. You could go to the bring and buy, but you had to hire the table for a length of time. You had to pay them so much for the hour. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't a lot. It was like yeah. only a few quid. And then, yeah, you could just set up everything you had for that hour and people would come and buy. That was the best place to buy stuff, to bring it by. Say, there was so much random things and you could, you know, if you had the money, you could pick up. But there's a lot of Warhammer stuff. A lot of old armies being sold off and things. I need to do that yeah. next
2: year. Get rid of a lot of that crap that's not covered.
1: Yeah. There was a so great was... Dark Elder army going for.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I heard. It's over hundred.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was saying 120, and like that looked cheap, and it looked well painted as well. I mean, it was good yeah. to go. And then I was like, oh no, 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 no. The Joe's like, oh look, you could do that. I was like. Oh, i started sweating <laughs> and then he said no it's like oh oh <laughs> you oh, don't man. need
2: another game to play grant
0: <laughs> um not so much i mean it, yeah i don't need another game to play and the fact that it would that would have tied me into buying another 60 pound <laughs> book like last week just so I could you know to keep up to date and then you know and keeping up with the rat race of 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 editions um i'm i'm glad I'm out of it yeah, it's probably not worth it, really. I suppose well,
1: unless you're going to go to the tournaments or play seriously in a club. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, is that uh that'll be our uh thumbs up for the uh for the for Karinid, for Caronade. Oh goodness me, I've stolen it. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Good experience. A good day out.
1: Fashion <laughs> bye.
0: Right, welcome back folks, I just thought we'd say goodbye and give you some details about how to get in touch with us, about um, what you enjoyed about the show, and uh, things you didn't enjoy about the show, surely nothing, but um, Colin's gonna, (laughs) Colin, you're our web maestro, Gracious, gracious host no no
2: worries yeah uh, so yeah come to the website just go to dicingwithdesign.com and you'll find all our contact details there uh, but pop on to facebook and search for dicing with design and you'll get our uh, main contact uh, so yeah just drop us a comment on there i'd love to be here what you want on the future episodes what questions you want us to ask uh, so yeah get on there and let us know
0: okay and with that we're gonna say goodbye <laughs> goodbye
2: Goodbye. Later. Bye. Talk
0: to you soon. Bye-bye, Colin. Bye-bye, Colin. Bye, Colin.